Hello, everybody, and welcome to Art Drama Llama, where we look beyond the galleries and dish on the art world's gossip, rivalries, and eccentricities. My name is Vartika. My name is Sandra. And my name is Manchi. And today we're going to look beyond the stormy night heist in Manchester. Ooh, wow, way to set the backdrop. I can already see it in my mind, the beginning of a movie where it's mm-hmm. stormy and there's thieves running across the lawn. You know, I never pictured it as a movie. Now that I mentioned it, I'm like, this could be a really cool, like, short little video. Yeah, I actually think all of these art heists, I mean, because it's just the heist movie genre, right? But you could make <laughs> movies. Well, I feel like you, this will take an unexpected turn, but you'll enjoy it. Okay. You all ready for this bedtime story? I'm ready. Everybody cozy up? Yep. Manchi, you have your nightlight? I have my nightgown. Okay, well, you're gonna get scared. Not Ooh, okay, I have like all my lights, <laughs> so I think we'll be good. I planted the seed of like paranoia. Yeah, this is uh, is this gonna be another creepy child in the back of a painting that looks like they're hold- that, that is holding a gun and their eyes seem to be following you kind of situation? No, 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 it's actually like pretty much. Okay, all right, good. Okay, all right, you ready? Yes. Okay. So back in April 2003, three paintings were stolen from the Whitworth Art Gallery in Oxford Road, which is run by the University of Manchester. The paintings were valued at a combined price of 4 million euros, which is about the same as dollars, just like slightly higher, in case you didn't know. Uh, the paintings taken were the fortifications of Paris with houses by Van Gogh, poverty by Picasso, and Tahitian landscape by Gauguin. Pretty high profile names. Very high profile. Yeah, I was surprised. I was like, wow, triple threats. Yeah. These heisters had balls. Anyway, the heist took place during a stormy night, uh, which might be ironic or poetic, depending on which way you look at it. They were only taken for a short period of time, though, as an anonymous tip came soon to the police, telling them about the theft and where they could find the pieces. Since this case is unsolved and the tip is anonymous, it is believed by many that the person who called was a thief, thief themselves. Ah, thieves' remorse. Well, okay, hold on. Put a pin in that comment. Okay. Because it might, it might not be so remorseful. Oh, interesting. Okay, since the paintings were gone for a few days and the weather was not in their favor, there was water damage and even a small tear in the painting. Uh, whoever the thief or thieves where had left a note uh, for the police, which confesses the reason the art was taken was only to show how bad security was rather than to sell it. Now, not everyone believes the story uh, thought, there, though, because as some people think, the real reason they returned the paintings is because they realized it was pretty hard to sell them in the first place. This is apparently a pretty common thing in this type of heist are called boomerang art thefts. Uh, one boomerang art theft someone stealing an art piece only for it to be found hidden inside the walls of the gallery that was taken like 10 years later. Uh, so back to the summer night heist, uh, the art was returned, but the frames were not. The artworks were taken from the gallery while still in their frame, yet they were found rolled up in a soggy tube. So perhaps the thieves were only after the frames all along. They, they wanted to frame, they framed themselves, oh my God. I love that dad joke. Thank you. 
Yeah. It's all because of Tika's Van Gogh puns from the Van Gogh heist episode. Now I have them all in my mind. (laughs) Have you just been saying puns up until now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've just been spitting them out while you've been going through the script, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think about how, like, the reason they gave it back was because he just couldn't sell it? So here's the thing. I'm a little sus because they said that the paintings are soggy with, and there, like there was water damage and even a small tear. So, and then I was like, well, maybe they just forged the paintings and then damaged them. So it couldn't really be like, you know, if you, if you damage them in modern day, then maybe like the forgery will passed through a little bit easier so maybe they forged them damaged them pretended it to return it so now you have the actual paintings that people think are actually on the gallery walls but they're being sold interesting maybe that's why they like kept the frames as well yeah that yeah maybe they actually didn't mean to just keep the frames they kept the whole painting and pretended to return fake ones okay Oh God, one of the thieves is going to hear this podcast and if this <laughs> to be true, I'm no longer going to be with you guys. Well, okay, but they got away with it. That's true, they got and away with it. it's not like, uh, I don't have Oxford, like the yeah. United Kingdom? Yes. It's not like they're going to be looking into this. Be like, hmm, they didn't think about it from that angle. Let's go, like, uncover this years old heist. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But you uh, do bring up an interesting point because just because they found it it never says if they like check to see if they were written. Yeah, I'm sure the gallery must have because I'm sure that's probably something that crossed their mind as well. Mm-hmm. But you know, like then the question is, how much does the water damage like sort of uh, hide the fact that they could have been forgeries, right? Like, and the tear as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachika, any thoughts? I guess she's playing her game. No, I'm not. <laughs> that was such a weird one. I don't know. I this was what it's 2003 that this happened. So yeah, I don't. I think it's a. I don't think anyone's gonna be like digging into it. One more year, and it'll be twenty years since it happened. Yeah, I don't think anyone's gonna be digging into it unless, like, they find more clues or there's someone like super zealous about figuring out how it or like what happened. Um, because they they don't know who did it, right? Mm Hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I I yeah I don't. (laughs) <laughs> I, yeah I don't think anybody's gonna come after me um also this is very much an unsubstantiated claim I have no mm-hmm. evidence to prove myself um yeah you say and then we hear you like running to the locker door open <laughs> this might be my audition tape to join the thieves you know I saw through the ruse interesting yes no I'm kidding yeah she but- claims to be kidding <laughs> Um, I started reading, well, 
yeah, so I came across this book that was it's called Portrait of an Art of a sorry Portrait of a Thief, and it's about a gang of Chinese Americans who, of course, had to all go to Ivy's, and they form a art theft group where they steal Chinese artifacts, and then I actually don't know what they do with them, but they're stealing them from American institutions. So like the main character is stealing Chinese artifacts from the Harvard Museum um, with his group of other Chinese American Ivy League graduates. Anyway. Am I giving them back? I think they're giving them back. I actually haven't gone there in the story, so I actually don't know what they're doing with it. Oh, okay. So this is fictional. This is not real life. Oh, no, this is not real. This is all fiction. Yes. (laughs) This is all fictional. This is not actually happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this actually kind of made me think of, of that because I just happened to be also reading an art heist novel. So. Okay. So this season's theme, you know, art heist mood. Yeah, I'm just in an art heist mood. Um, Are you going to pull like one of those guys and try to like pull one yourself? I think that's a little too real. <laughs> okay. I don't quite, re- I'm not quite ready to go to jail. Okay. Not quite ready to be a uh, a white collar criminal. Oh my God. <laughs> but I have heard that art is the hardest thing to, f- to find offense for. It's the hardest thing to get rid of. Okay, if you're already doing the research. Yeah, yes. Cash is the best. Cash is king, as they say. Should always want to steal cash. Yeah. But cash is heavy. Honestly, it's in my bucket we'll list. Keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Um, honestly, I think like YouTube channels should stop doing like criminals explain how they come <gasps> bank robberies, you know, <laughs> or criminals break down TV shows with bank robberies. This is where no, I'm- I think they should keep doing that. <laughs> Arm the general populace with uh, crime knowledge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I think while we're saying this everywhere, they're upping the security. They have to be right. Mm, I guess. Yeah. Well, anyway, to recap, uh, these heisters or heistas stole about four million euros worth of art from the University of Manchester. The art taken was the fornifications of Paris with houses uh, by Vincent van Gogh, poverty by Pablo Picasso, Tahitian landscape by Paul Rosan, uh, pain- and the paintings were recovered but had water damage as they were inside a soggy tube. And the Van Gogh one had a small tear um, as a result. The purpose of the heist was, well, it's claimed that the purpose of the heist was only to show how bad security was at their job. The paintings were left out in the rain for the night before they were found. The frames were also taken, but those were not returned or found. Uh, they were found on Monday, April 2023 in the restroom. Uh, an anonymous tip called to report the theft and to direct them to where the art people came from. The person, a person is responsible for this, were never discovered nor did they come forward, even thought they did with painting. It is assumed that the person that called in to tip the police was probably involved in the crime. Uh, it's called a boomerang art theft since the art is returned. There, were, there was even a case in which the artwork had just been hidden inside the walls of the gallery and found many years later. Uh, some people think the artwork was returned because the thieves were unable to sell it and decided to just give it back and make up a reason, like, to show security was trash. 
interesting. It's yeah. found on Mar April 28th. We're recording this on April 28th as well. Oh my gosh. Oh. All connected. I, yeah, I didn't even realize it. Yeah. Celebrating its what? Uh, 22nd year anniversary. 19th? Yeah. 19th? Okay. Yeah, 19th anniversary. On this very day. It can vote. It can vote. It wow. can sign up to the military. <laughs> it can take out a loan. It can have a credit card. Well, it the can go to college. <laughs> it can drive. <laughs> so adult. Literally. So the other thing I thought of that I thought the store was going to go was you were going to say they returned it because there was a huge award, cash award for anybody who found it. Well, okay. If that was the case, then why would they stay anonymous? Yeah, that's the that's the part where the story kind of falls apart. Yeah. Because if there is a really big cash reward, like, I don't know. Wouldn't you want to be like, I found it on the Yeah. Yeah. Joe, I'm the queen, and let me give you a hint of where it's at. Yeah. Well, so, because I was going to say, if the story had gone that, down that route where there was a cash reward and the thieves stole it, really just with the anticipation that they would get the cash reward after returning it, I was going to say, that actually reminds me of another story I read when I was younger, also fictional, that was called How to Train a Dog. And oh, oh, I remember this. Yeah. Or, no, wait, isn't it like How to Steal a Dog? How to what? How to steal a dog? How to steal a dog? Yes, you're correct. Yes, that was a heartbreaking story. It was. It really was. I I literally like when I read it. Wait, didn't you get me that book? Did I as a present in high school? Somebody got it for me. Maybe. I don't um, yeah, because I kept talking about how like I always wanted to read it, and then I never finished it. But it was one of the few books I read in elementary school. Mm -hmm. So somebody got it for me, and then I read it, and I was like, "This is heartbreaking." I need it to be a movie. Yeah, it really should be a movie. Um, it's because it actually is a fairly simple storyline that you could film and comp compress it down to two and a half hours or two I hours. I feel like you could do it in like 90 minutes. You could do it in what? 90 minutes. In 90 minutes? Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I like, you should I don't do it. Make it animated. Yeah. You know, I did think about it. <laughs> I am graduating soon, guys, so <laughs> possibility. Oh, yeah. But Tiga, did you read How to Steal a Dog? I don't think so. Okay. That honestly is like one of the few stories that have stayed with me for a very long time. But the premise of the story is that this girl and her younger brother is living in a very poor situation with their mother, I believe, Sandra. Yeah, yeah, because their dad walked out on them. Right, okay. And so they yeah. really don't- They're like them. living out of the mom's car. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, that was really sad. They like yeah. had to drive to different parking lots and- And use like, uh, like bathrooms to take like some showers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and essentially the girl is very like angry at the situation like the older daughter and i think she's still like what in elementary or barely starting middle school. 
Yeah, like maybe barely in middle school. Yeah. Uh, she's like between nine to like 12 years old. Um, and like, she's really frustrated with the situation. And her mom's like, I cannot do anything more. And she like comes across this like poster to like what, $50,000 to get a dog back, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then she finds a dog like walking in a neighborhood that looks exactly like a dog in the poster. So she's like, I'm going to steal it. <laughs> and then somebody will like want that much, want to give me that much money for this dog and I'll give it back. Yep. Yeah. And then I'm not going to say anyone. So everybody can go read that book. <laughs> you don't want to spoil it? It has a very thoughtful ending. Like, when I read it, I was like, what? Like, when I finished reading it, I was like, whoa. I don't remember what actually happened in the end. I think she, like, friendship developed and stuff like that, but I can't. Yes, yes, yes. That's, yeah. 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 But I feel like that's all we should dive in. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's honestly a very, like, bittersweet ending, but more sweet than bitter. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. Uh, I think the reason why it stayed with me for so long is because I think that was the first depiction I have read or really seen in detail about the struggles of being poor. Right, like it's not just that you don't have money and maybe shelter. It's like you don't have access to running water. You can't keep yourself clean. Mm-hmm. You can't keep your clothes clean, and that already is like. It's a small thing that we take granted, but is actually so important in the way you present yourself to society. Yeah, I also thought it was a really smart book because it, like, through the point of view of like this child. Right. Exactly. And she has such a like child mentality of how to fix things. Yeah. Exactly. Because I remember like reading it when I was in like, what fifth grade, fourth grade, and I was like, yes, so smart. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, that's what I would also do. Yeah. And then I read it as, like, an older teenager. So like, this is so heartbreaking. Yeah. This is not how the world works. Yeah. I need yeah, to reread that book. But if you're a kid... A yeah, because I remember reading it, I was, like, looking back on it, that's how a child would think. Yes. Like, a, how a smart child would think, right? Not yeah. as somebody with a mature and developed sense of the world, but somebody who is trying to make the best out of the situation in a child's mind, right? Yeah, and like, at the same up. time, she's, like, forced to have this, like, mutual mentality. Exactly, yeah. Like, I feel like at that point, it's, like, when survival instincts kick in. Yeah, yeah. It, and then, also, now that I'm older, I, I think about the mom a lot. Mm. And I can just feel her tiredness mm-hmm. now that I'm older. Yeah. Because a line that stuck with me when her daughter was, like, and like what's the word she's demanding her mom to just come up with this money to find a better job to like get them out of the situation mm-hmm. and she's like sweetie i'm doing all that i can that yeah. i humanly possibly can yeah. and you know now i'm older and i've worked and everything and i'm like how horrible because i've been in her shoes in the sense i've done the most possible thing i could have yeah yeah I agree. Um, so, yeah. So part of me is like, I'm glad I do not want kids until I'm way older. Because, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I feel like or those situations are already heartbreaking enough. 
and like children are involved it's like even more boring yeah yeah but also like now that i'm older i'm kind of like it's so horrible that this woman didn't have somewhere to go to just you know get back on her feet Mm -hmm. that's the hardest thing yeah yeah i also i hear you on the reading as somebody older and then really empathizing with the parents because i feel like that's been a lot of the children's books that i've started to reread i'm like i get the parents like tiredness or sensibility about the world Mm -hmm. or pick up on just things about adults that you didn't really pick up on when you were reading it as a kid Mm -hmm. so i because i reread um flipped which was another book we read in middle school tika i think you probably read yeah seventh grade our english teacher the english teacher made i think you guys read it and then i read it voluntarily yeah and then i read it voluntarily it's honestly a really sweet book sandra it's very cute yeah okay well i want to like i still have my books from like the summer reading you had to do Mm. in high school and i like want to reread those yeah I wish I had kept all the papers with all the lists of all the books. Yeah. They're all, like, good books. Yeah. Yeah. It's just when you're in the situation and you're forced to read. Oh, I actually enjoyed that. Like, I would add, like, avidly read. Oh, okay. I actually didn't know about that about you, Sanjay. I feel like we very rarely talk about books. I'm a reader. I just I just read comic books more now. Oh, like, different, yeah. Different. I feel like, I don't know, because now I guess it's like school and work and just how being an adult, you never have time. Yeah. I like can't commit to novels anymore because yeah. I feel like it's such a commitment, but comic books I can because I can finish them in a day. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Uh, yeah, so but when I was like middle school, high school, I was an avid reader. Like I would finish three novels a week. Like, oh. yeah. No, yes. How did you not know this about me? I, because I don't know. We like never talked about books. I feel like we just talked about everything else. <laughs> okay, well, now we're having the book conversation. Yeah. Literally in my room, I have like three fucking bookshelves. Just filled with books. <laughs> I did not know that, Sandra. <laughs> yes. Have I read all of them? No. But they're there. <laughs> I feel you. It's okay. I've. That's why I'm like, I forbid myself to get new books because. Yeah. I'm like, I have so many to read, but then I see like a really cool cover. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, my mom really like beat that sense out of me when I was young of buying books because she refused to buy me books and was like, why would you buy when you could just borrow from the library? Now as an adult, I'm like much, I guess, smarter about it because whenever I do see a book, I'm like, ooh, maybe I could purchase it. My mind immediately slaps itself and is like, when are you going to read it? And why would you when you can just borrow from the library <laughs> i feel like that's smart you know keep the libraries running it's true keep the libraries running except the new york public library i'm literally like i was i put myself on hold for this one book i think it's the only one in all of the new york circulation like the new york city circulation and i was 11 out of 11 on this book okay this was when i in, in december i put myself mm-hmm. on the hold list and now it's end of April, and I am six out of eleven on the whole. Yeah. I don't know when I'm getting this book. I <laughs> buy it. At this point, just buy it. 
Yeah, but then also buying it feels like a lot of commitment. I also don't have a lot of room to store it, Sandra. That's you can't find it online. Oh yeah, like a PDF. Yeah, I mean, but then I feel kind of bad, you know, like. Don't feel bad. Yeah, but I'm not supporting the author monetarily. Or is the author a woman or a man? It's a woman. Okay, fine. (laughs) I can see. Um, if it was like a Neil Gaiman book, to be honest, I would probably pirate it. Sorry, Neil Gaiman. Sorry, Neil Gaiman. But like, he makes a lot of money, I think, from his books and TV shows and movies. He only your money. Yeah. I feel like some books, though, there's a sentimental value of owning it. Because like, uh, recently, um, my or my sister had this Teletubbies book when she was really little. And she'd have me read it to her again and again. And I basically had it memorized. Um, but I think our mom, because yeah, not I think. Our mom donated it when we were moving to Texas. Oh. And so she's she's always been like, oh, I want this book. And spoiler alert, I just <laughs> got it for her off of oh. eBay. So I have that. And then um, another book. <laughs> Uh, it's called Shin's Tricycle, and it's about this kid who died because of the Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombings. Mm-hmm. And I read that as a kid, and I had liked it so much, and I thought it was like so meaningful. I wanted my mom to steal it from the library. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Even though you know that's not a thing, we would have gotten fired. Like, couldn't afford that mom. either. <laughs> Wait, so, how did you approach the subject? Like, mom, just keep it. Yeah, I like exactly. how you're like, I like how you were like, I wanted to, instead of saying I wanted to steal it, you're like, I wanted my mom to do it for me. <laughs> that's well, that's a smart child. Because then the blame's not on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, what she ended up doing at the time was she hand wrote it. It's like a, uh, like a picture book. So it's very thin. So she wrote it out on like notebook paper. Then so I still have that, but then I also recently purchased a copy of that just because mm-hmm. I don't know. I know it's really it's like a super sad book, especially for a kid, mm-hmm. but I don't know, I just like it so much. Yeah, it's sentimental. Uh, well, you know that like, kid book like I'll, I'll love you forever or something. It's about like this woman saying about how like just saying how she'll love her son and has and you just see him grow up until he's old, like an adult, and she's an old lady and he is the one who says, I'll love you forever. Oh or I'll always love you or something like that. Oh, you're like actually making me tear up, Sienna. You so you know what I'm talking about. No, I don't, but just you saying it makes me Okay, well, funny you say you're sitting up because when my when it was read to my brother, like when he was little, he started crying. Oh, but it was like in class. Oh, (laughs) like it was like an open house or something. I don't even know. So he really liked it, and he made my mom buy it, and she read it to us, and then he started crying in front of us. Oh, and I was like, "Why are you crying?" Because I remember, (laughs) I remember being read that book when I was his age, and I was like well like it touched me but I didn't cry over it yeah I will say I have definitely gone more sentimental as I've gone older I feel like that's good and normal and how it should be <laughs> I admit I also have more empathy now I was a yeah. little psycho in high school I was like ew like I remember things I'm like 
how did I not get sent to like an institution? <laughs> how are we so cold and numb to the world? Yeah, I, I remember this conversation we had in the library. I was like, what? Like, why was I saying this? <laughs> well, it's okay, Sandra, because that's not how I think of you. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have all grown. We have all gone through. All right. Well, guys, I'm going to have to go. Okay, I'm going to go steal and borrow some frames and then leave a note and be like, haha, thank you guys. Here's where they're at. Wait, what? <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> good night. Oh, okay. Good night. If you have any stories you would like for us to cover, email us at artdramalama at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at artdramalama. And lastly, thank you for joining us, and we hope we can look beyond the galleries with y'all next time. Bye, llamas. Later. Bye.